Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 218. And the way we go. And welcome to episode 218 of A Shot of Wrestling. I'm your host at Michael J. Putty. Unfortunately, my co-host Carson cannot be here. So filling in for him, Hollywood March 1. Mark, welcome back to the show. What are you talking about? I'm your co-host. Carson Niehoff was a guest. Nah, he kind of won us over. Remember last week at the end of the show, I said that he would be back next week. You wouldn't be? I thought you were joking. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was joking. <laughs> wow. Wow. Mark, how you this been, is awkward. How you been, buddy? How's, how's everything going? I, I mean, I was already in a, in a bad mood, and now you just made me feel even worse. So thank you for that. You in a bad mood? What else is new? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm like Mr. Smiles usually, man. What are you talking about? Okay. Well, what's your problem? Tell you, Mark. What's your problem? I, I got a problem. I got a little bit of a problem right now. So the, the Emmy nominations came out this past week. Yeah, shout out to What We Do in the Shadows. Best comedy. What up? Fantastic. Well-deserved. Right. Well, a- anywho. That was a big sarcastic? Okay, wow, asshole. <laughs> I'm listen, them. listen. Okay, with the, with the Emmys, you know, uh, kudos to them. You know, uh, uh, there's a lot more black performers are getting nominated, trans as well. Like, and I, I think that's great. I think the spotlight definitely needs to be on that. My gripe is no Latino actors at all. And mm-hmm. it had me really thinking about this because it was funny. Like, the night before I was asked a question, like, if – Someone would play me in a movie besides myself. Who would I choose? And I really Rob couldn't Schneider. think of Rob it. Schneider. I'm just saying, I really couldn't think of anyone because, you know, of how I look. I'm, I am part Latino. And with my age bracket as well, I can think, well, who would play me? I really can't really think of anyone. And then that happened. I'm like, holy crap. Uh, Latinos have been getting the short end of the stick. It's been pissing me off. And it made me think even further further about the auditions I get and the type of roles that, that come my way. It's always like thugs, prisoners, uh, broken English, um, cooks, or whatever. You know, it, it's just – it's always these stereotypical type of roles. It had me even thinking even deeper. So I, I go check it out. And, you know, only 1% of Latino actors or actresses are in lead roles in all of Hollywood. Okay, I wasn't aware of that. Like that is wild to me, and it just—I I just feel like you know, we talk about like you know all of these things of equality and everything, and I think Hollywood does have a responsibility to that entertainment in general, and it, it annoys me that we're not getting as equal representation out there because you know art imitates life, and life imitates art, so I feel like Hollywood does have a responsibility to that to show that, you know, to show that like you know the inclusiveness of all different races and in categories in there. And I feel like they're failing. So that's my gripe. So is that a no on Rob Schneider? That's a big no on Rob Schneider. Damn. I think it's a perfect fit. You just, oh, just like him. Say you, say you can do it. Say, say you can do it. You can do it. Say perfect. Rob Schneider. What? 
I would not choose Rob Schneider. No offense to him. Oh, I would, definitely. You feel better now? He doesn't even look like me. He looks exactly like you. Not at all. He's not Latino. Yeah, but he looks just like you. Puffy cheeks, the, the beady little eyes. Puffy cheeks? What are you talking about? The triple chins. That's I do not have a couple of chins. That's a low blow just fucking with you. Holy shit, man. You feel better to get off the chest? You feel better now? I do feel a little bit better. Not really. I want change, damn it. So I'm, I'm mad. I'm sorry I'm coming in hot, but I'm just mad about this. So, As a white guy, I don't feel like I have any like say in this matter. So uh, I'm going to ask you anyway. Hey, you could. Go ahead. Get, have some say. A couple years ago, there's a big backlash for the Oscars because mm-hmm. what either nobody of color was nominated or maybe one person of color was nominated. But maybe, like, should we be forced to nominate people of color if they don't deserve no, it? No, it, here's the thing. My problem is necessarily... I'm going to cut you off right now because I think what, um, what you're saying, what I'm saying is two different things. You're um, saying people, people are upset black people didn't get nominated, but you're upset because people Latinos aren't getting roles. So I think we're having right, two different so, arguments here, but it just seems like race so my problem, is a big factor. And, like, as a white guy, I just don't understand, like, why is that a factor? Like, why are Latinos not getting this, the roles? Like... If you're an actor, you're because, an actor. Because Latinos aren't in power. Uh, mostly it's, it's white people in power. I understand and, that. I'm someone that's partly white. Like, you know, I'm just saying, like, my problem isn't necessarily, like, you know, oh, wow, they're not getting nominated. And, you know, there should be at least one, one of us getting nominated. No, my problem isn't that. You know, I, I think the best person for the job, uh, the best person, the best performer should get nominated. The problem is, like, you know, it's just like there's the lack of diversity in casting but, in these shows in general again we had this conversation with we talked about george floyd a couple episodes ago but why like if i'm looking for like an actor to star in my movie what issue does race play in casting if you're a great actor what does it matter what race you are and it shouldn't like you know like, i i should have why does roles. it why doesn't i don't necessarily know man i don't necessarily know like and, and still what bugs me too is like all right so you'll see on TV shows, like white people interacting with white people, they'll see like a black show, and it's like black people interacting with black people. Or if there is like this like a rare occasion a Spanish show, it's Spanish people interacting with Spanish people. It's keeping it segregated, mm-hmm. and it, it makes like people like watch it to guess. No, that's right. That's how the that's how the way the world works. That's the way it should be. It's not like you know everyday life. You know, you, people are talking with other type of races and ethnicities. That that's the way the world yeah. works. <laughs> You know, in most cases, you know, and I just want to see like more inclusion in that, like, you know, just more of like a, a melting pot, like real life. And, and hopefully things would get better in the real world, because I really do feel like Hollywood does have that role to play. I kind of felt stupid. I thought, was it, it was pretty recently, a little embarrassing to recently. Like I grew up watching the Cosby show, uh, Martin for Family Matters. Uh, I didn't think anything of it. I just love those shows. Right. Great quality right. family entertainment television. Until I heard somebody talking about uh, black TV shows with black families. I mean, what do you mean black TV shows? You know, like the Cosby Show, Family Matters. I'm like, they're black TV shows? Like, I never thought it was a black family. It's a black TV show. I'm like, right. right. I never put right. that. I don't and, know, and I don't that know that if it's make... stupid or naive or gullible, but I'm like, well, I don't, I'm not looking at that as a black TV show. I just thought it was fucking hilarious. No, and I, good for you. I, and I don't know if I necessarily did either. I mean, it took a while. I mean, it just... Maybe it's because I've been quarantined for about five months now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and maybe I'm just like more woke to it. It's just like, you know, I grew up, you know, I'm, I'm, I have a French last name. I, I, am, I have a lot of white in me. I have 
pretty much all of Europe and what's, Peruvian. What's more? <laughs> Easy. <laughs> but, like, you know, I, I, so I grew up kind of, like, whitewashed in a sense. And, I, you know, I'm the worst Spanish speaker out there. <laughs> and yep. But, like, I've visited Peru many times. I have family down there. And I, I have that connection uh, to those roots. And, you know, I, I'm connecting more and more with that side of myself. And, you know, just to see what's going on here with, you know, Black Lives Matter and uh, just to see, like, it was just like a, it was like a Twitter feed, too. Like, you know, I was seeing, like, the, the observations of it. And it had me just thinking more and more about it. It was festering in me. And I was, like, thinking from my own experiences as an actor. Like, holy shit, this is a problem. Mm. Like, why is this the thing? So I, don't know, I, I, I just want to get that off my chest, man. Like, uh, hopefully, hopefully people are more aware to it. Hopefully now they're going on. People are more aware of like, all right, let me just give everybody a chance. You know, since it's a wrestling podcast, you know, I'll tie it into wrestling as well. I mean, you know, we, we saw, we, we see like Lucha Libres in WWE, not necessarily given like a character per se. You know, you, how often do you see like, you know, a Spanish, uh, Spanish people like, you know, get that world heavyweight title shot every so often, once in a blue moon. It's always like, we need the next Rey Mysterio. We need the next Rey Mysterio. Why is it only one? Why, why are we only comparing Rey Mysterio? You know, they had Alberto Del Rio for a bit. Unfortunately, he was a bit of a hothead. Yeah. But, like, you know, why is there only so few? Hmm. I don't know. And you see the Lucha, the Lucha Brothers, um, or the Lucha House Party in WWE, rather, excuse me. Like, what, who are they? I honestly know. I barely know their names. They just go out there, Lucha, Lucha, Lucha. Give, give us a reason to root for them. Isn't that you know, Lucha, give, give us a character. Isn't that how Lucha Libre works, though? Their character is like their mask and their costumes. But you look at Rey Mysterio, though. I mean, he he was a character all of himself in WWE. He was he's a legend, you know. But like we all, how how is to like we really really have like one that we could talk about in WWE and all the history when Lucha Libre has a long legacy. I heard Vince McMahon comparing. He thinks that uh, Angel Garza could be the next uh, Eddie Guerrero. That's high praise. Right. Oh, okay. Eddie Guerrero is another one too. Actually, so, excuse me there. No, I, I, I just would like to see more. You know, um, I think WWE and wrestling in general are doing a better job as keeping it more diverse. You, you see the champions and who they I are, think so too, yeah. and everything. So they are doing better. Um, so I, I can't necessarily knock in on that. But you know, just for so long, it took a long time to get there. I, I think like all of entertainment, they they have to do their part. Uh, just so like you know, the everyday Joe. Or you know, everyday Jane could see that. Hmm. Well, let's get way off topic. <laughs> My bad, dude. You asked how I was doing. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to a 10 minute tie right up about race relations. Um, okay. Let's, uh, I don't know how you transition out of this. You want to get Let's into... talk about wrestling. <laughs> want to get into the news? Yeah. Let's do it up. All right, Mark, you ready to get into the news this week? Of course, man. Always ready. Big news story. Kari Zane officially made her final WWE appearance on Monday Night Raw after getting her ass beat by the Great Bailey. She's headed back to Japan. WWE gave her an official farewell and wished her best on her next voyage. WWE posted an emotional farewell video which featured fellow superstars Nakamura, Akira Tozawa, and Asuka saying goodbye. And, of course, both Asuka and Zane teared up while bidding each other a goodbye. Now, Zane was only in the WWE for three years. 
Like, what kind of impact does she have in three years? It seems like she's been like this megastar leaving the company, but she's only been around for three years. I'm surprised they're giving her this such like iconic goodbye. Right. Um, I understand where you're coming from, Putty. But at the same time, it goes to show how valuable uh, they thought Carrie Jane was and the Very, type yeah, of apparently. person that she was. Well, it seemed like everyone from the top to the bottom of the roster in the back, uh, they seemed to like, have nothing but high praise for her. Uh, so it, it, this really goes to show to, to who, who she is as a person and what she brought to the table as a talent, uh, to me at least. You know, because you're right. You know, to to an everyday viewer, you know, she's only been there for three years, and what what really does she do? Exactly. Um, I was surprised at like this big emotional like video package saying goodbye. I'm like, right. So I, I feel like this is more just from a personal level to how people feel about her in WWE. Uh, and I think that's really what it is. You know, and of course, Carrie Zane, they they don't really don't want her to go. I mean, they seem no. like they're, they're trying to throw a different opportunities her way as far as like being an ambassador, uh, be a producer, or be some sort of agent. Uh, they're, they're trying to throw everything her way possible. I, it seems like they really just don't want to let her go. And it doesn't seem like Carrie Zane is really going to go anywhere to like another promotion. It seems like she's just done, right? I think she just wants to go to back to her home country, Japan, with her husband and her family. I think she might still do that ambassador role. I think that's not out of the question. Um, as for returning to the other promotion in Japan, I think that was still on the table as like one last goodbye, like a retirement tour type thing. Right. But I, who knows about what, her, what she wants. And she can do anything she wants right now, I guess. I mean, she really can. I mean, the whole thing is like she wants to be with her husband. I, I think they got married what, like right before the pandemic happened or something like that. I know it was just this year. So, like, you know, she wants to be back home with him and you can't blame her for that you know she's still young enough you know she it's crazy because she is she and as far as the main roster goes we didn't really see the what carrie scene was all about no. if anyone followed nxt at all and, and i saw some of her working nxt and I, I thought she was amazing you know especially with um the may young classic i you know she was definitely the one that caught everyone's eye and yeah. rightfully so you know, we unfortunately we didn't really get her to see her shine as much on the main roster, like I said. But man, like you know, if she was given the chance, yes, she could have been that mega star. Really? Okay. What do you think her legacy will be here in the WWE? I, I don't necessarily know. You know, it, you're right. I mean, it's only like a blip in the radar as far as the lifespan of WWE goes. Yeah. So I, it really depends what she does here next. I, I don't necessarily think you know, looking back like 20 years from now, we look back on uh, the history of WWE and the women's division. I don't necessarily know how much we'll mention Carrie Seen at this point, unfortunately, uh, at least as uh, as fans. Yeah. You know, but on the inside, you know, I, I'm sure people will still talk about her, remember her. But, you know, I mean, really, again, it goes to, like, you know, what does she do next? We'll find out in due time, huh? I guess we wish her well in her future endeavors. Absolutely. Mark, I'm throwing you a curveball here. AW is in the news. Ice rattling in your drink. That's not my drink for once. That's Mark Swan's drink. <laughs> Getting myself ready for this. AEW's in the news. Is this good or is this bad? What are we talking about here, buddy? AEW might be able to get another hour for Dynamite eventually. Just because they can doesn't mean it will happen. Cody Rhodes confirmed today on Twitter that they are not adding another hour. How do you feel about them adding another hour to the flagship? Do you think they should? Because they have a lot of talent that's not being used on a regular basis. Do you think they should add another hour to the show to to sh- showcase more talent? No, I I don't necessarily think so. I I, I think Raw, uh, I I think what we see with Raw being three hours, 
the moment when they did that uh, as a continuous thing, I feel like it started losing its luster. And, and it's very hard for, for WWE, for a company that's been around forever, to put on a consistently a good three-hour show. If they can't do that, then I don't see why AEW should. Because, yes, AEW, they're not showcasing the talent every week. But, yet they have AEW uh, Dark, right? And they're putting some talent on there, showcasing some new ones on there as well. Who watches the AEW you know, After Dark? The it, YouTube show. It seems like people are. Enough people are. I personally have it myself. I'll admit to that, but I know definitely people do watch that. Uh, but you know, you have AEW Dynamite. You know, it, I think it 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 helps when you have creative ways to put your, maximize your talent on a two hour show. You have different factions, you have different promos, you have different uh, vignettes, and it also you know keeps things fresh on there. You're not necessarily seeing the same people, the same matchups every single week. So I, I think it's a good way. Actually, it's good in a sense the fact that they're keeping it two hours. I think Cody Rhodes also said uh, that they did do a third hour. That third hour would be specialized for certain talent or for a certain subject. Like, didn't WWE try that with the first hour of Raw being for the cruiserweights, and then that when that failed, they made the third hour to be like the after dark Raw, and that didn't work it, either. It, it, it didn't. It didn't last long. Yeah. If anything, it lasts maybe for like a week or two. Like, listen. If you keep like an hour for this, an hour for that, an hour for this, I mean, it's just gonna it it loses its luster. You know, wrestling is supposed to be unpredictable. You know, you, you want you want that next big surprise. You you don't know you don't want to predict what's going to happen next. You know, the the best moments happen like when you least expect it. And and, and if you know for a fact going in, uh, all right, this hour is a cruiserweights. All right, this hour is for the women. Uh, this hour is supposed to be like I don't know. For me, it's just. It's just stupid in my eyes. It's it's lazy. Uh, like I said, man. Like AEW again. You're not even your first year in uh, having like a weekly show. You know, introduce a third hour. I don't think I don't think you're ready for that, and I don't think it should ever should happen. Hell, I still think Raw should go back to two hours, yeah. but they won't. They won't. You know, hopefully, maybe over time, AEW can add another show, not necessarily just Dynamite. And not necessarily just a YouTube show, but maybe like another actual show like SmackDown. Not yet. I don't think they're ready for that yet. You know, focus on what you have right now. D- develop that roster. You know, showcase the talent that you have and, you know, um, bring up those characters. Play them up more. Get us more involved. When they've been doing a great job doing so. You know, th- this is not a sprint. It's a marathon. You know, AEW, like, they're doing a very good job. But they should treat us like a, like a, like Marvel, not necessarily DC. Play the long game. Like I don't know too much about AW's roster, but I heard one of the criticisms is that they're not using enough of their talent on a weekly basis. But now they signed Eddie Kingston. You got Zack Ryder now over there. You got Arion out of nowhere coming back. So it seems like they're adding more people to their roster, but not giving them enough time to showcase what they can do. So a third hour might not be a bad idea. But okay, let's look at the Attitude Era in WWE. Monday Night Raw was just two hours, mm-hmm. and they had a lot of people on that roster, but yet they were able to maximize it. They had a lot of different factions going on. They kept it interesting. They had the storylines going. Uh, there's no reason why AEW can't do something similar. All right, we'll find out. I mean, Cody, Cody agrees with you. So as of now, they're not doing a third hour. So I don't even know where the third Thank hour you, rumor Cody. came about. <laughs> I don't know if there's something that was been floating around with TNT powers that be or just some hard-washed fan behind a keyboard was, like, passing a rumor. So I don't know where this came from, but. It's not happening, but you know, Cody addressed it. So obviously, 
it's enough to warrant some attention. Finally, another news. Here's an interesting story, Mark. TNA called their women's division the Knockouts. When they switched over to Impact Wrestling, that name stuck. Well, some members of the roster now want to change the title of Knockouts, while some consider it a badge of honor. It's being reported that many people within Impact are in favor of doing away with the name, while others, such as Gail Kim, who is in, pretty much basically in charge of the women's division, want to keep it. The argument is that WWE renamed their Divas years ago, and Impact should do the same, while many people think Knockouts is not as offensive as Divas is. Or was. Do you think Impact should change the name of the Knockouts division? Or is this like the PC police coming after us again? I'm a guy. So, you know, what opinion do I really have on this? (laughs) Uh, You're in Hollywood, you know, 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 uh, PC stuff and how marketing works. And I think it really depends on. They got rid rid of the name TNA because they thought it might turn people off because of the initials. Okay. Knockouts? I mean, I I never thought Knockouts was a negative term. A knockout. Oh, she's a fucking knockout. But now that's based on their looks. You know, the double it's entendre. Based on, the it, it's based on the looks. And I can understand why uh, why it could be a demeaning term for women, especially if these are women athletes. They don't necessarily want to be known just for their looks. They want to be known as competitors and athletes and, and equals. Which is something the uh, and, TNA Women's Division never really was. They were beautiful women, but they never really depended on their looks. TNA always showcased their women for what they could do in the ring or that octagon whatever the fuck and, and you just look them down i mean week after week we talk about they have the best women's roster in wrestling today and i and i stand with that now i think as far as whether they keep the name knockout or if they change it to something else or whatever i i think that's a question more so for the women's roster they're at impact i i think seriously they, they should really consider like maybe doing a survey and asking you know hey how do you feel about this name do you do you, are you offended by this thing? Do you want it to change it? I, I think that's a fair, open dialogue that they should have with their roster. If anything, it creates a, a respect factor mm. there, uh, considering their feelings. I think that's really what it comes to. It. And if if the woman in the locker room and impact believe like, hey, you know, we 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 want to live up to that name, the knockouts, then so be it. Keep the name. If they want to change it, then change it. But th- that's really up to the locker room there. Do so you think it, it should be the internal decision, not? I think it's good, important dialogue to have. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely do. But, you know, as far as like the actual final decision, that that should be done internally. And if the majority of the women on that roster, they feel a certain way about it, then, yeah, absolutely. You should change it. I like knockouts. I think they should keep it. Just my two cents. Because you were wondering, yeah. Mark. Because you didn't ask me any and questions then, at all for the last 12 minutes, but it's fine. And that's your white male privilege. Yeah, that's your, your Take four. And that's your white male privilege right there, buddy. Thank you. About time someone recognizes that. <laughs> that's all the news I have this week, Mark. Anything you want to talk about? I am good, my man. I I, uh, I think you touched on all the news out there, really. All right, so let's get into some TV takedown. It's time for this week's TV takedown. All right, Marcus, another week of TV in the books. What would you like to take down? Oh, man. I feel like you this week, man. Like, I actually felt like this was a good week for wrestling. Oh, fantastic. Finally. Welcome to the club. Yeah, I, I just wish there were more weeks like this. I, I'm not necessarily asking for every week to be like it, because uh, I know that would be an impossible task to do, but I, I wish there were more weeks like this than not. Oh, man. What's my takedown of the week? Rapid fire. Give me a couple. Rapid fire. No, I, 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 I want to stick to my one. I just want to go to one. I, and this might be just because you know we record on Friday nights. It might be just because it's the last thing that we watched. 
But I got to say, man, the Bray Wyatt, the Fiend ending the show with Alexa Bliss, giving mm-hmm. her the mandible claw, I did not see that coming at all. No, that was weird. It uh, was weird, but great at the same time. Uh, and I like how he did it. Like he took, he like kept staring at her. Yeah. And, like took his hand, like, I'm, I'm going to do this. Like, here comes the plane. <laughs> like, like when, you're yeah. when you're feeding a baby, here it comes. Like, open wide. Here, like, boom. And then, like, what happens? She opens her mouth and. It was creepy. And, like, it reminds me of, like, a... I was expecting her to sell it a little more. Like, it maybe kick the legs, but she just laid there. I guess it, it, it was supposed to be paralyzed, it was, I think. It was believable. But, yeah. It was believable. Yeah, it was and very... Alexa Bliss, her, her facial reactions were great. It reminded me of, like, a, of a horror film pretty much because she was, like, frozen and Oh, it fear. was scary shit. Yeah, I was frozen. It was it was curious. and my wife turned me and was like your your jaw was like to the floor the whole time like I know it was awesome <laughs> and we haven't seen moments like that with the fiend in quite a while like those like what the fuck's he doing right and we've never seen him attack a female competitor which is a little confusing because Alexa Bliss as Sister Abigail she wasn't right, there and she, that's what I was going to say she wasn't uh, she wasn't dressed as Sister Abigail that was supposed to be a hallucination of exactly. uh, Braun Strowman. So like, yeah. how does he see that? I mean, kayfabe here, like reality, everything's real. How does he know that? How does he see that? So she's not Sister Abigail. She just, he imagined her as Sister Abigail because of their past relationship. So I'm like, where the fuck is this going now? Is he going to turn her into Sister Abigail? I, oh. I don't know, man. I, 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 make, it opens up the questions there, and it, yeah. it plays so well into the storyline. And I, I think that was, that was like the one bright spot for me in, in that swamp fight was uh, how they tied in the Alexa Bliss thing in there. Out of nowhere. Uh, that was great, yeah. Out of nowhere. And, and, and it also made sense because like Braun Strowman had that thing for her. They're in a mixed, max, uh, mixed tag. Uh, mixed match challenge, please. Come on. Mixed match challenge. Excuse me. So like th- this is definitely makes me more intrigued into the storyline to see where they go next. I Kudos to them. for like, I, I think that this was a bold move for WWE because they don't do a lot, a lot of intergender stuff like this, no. especially as, as creepy. It's taboo now. Yeah. Yeah, as it was. So good job for that. Good job, and makes you want to come back next week. They don't, you don't haven't seen that too many cliffhangers. Like what happens? What happens next week? Now I got to find out. No, great story. Great storytelling right there. And uh, again, I mean, there were just there. There was a lot in the week that I, originally that I was going to choose, but seeing that was like, yeah, well, nothing had my jaw to the floor like this. So yeah. <laughs> I got to go with this. Yeah, to me, it was like I feel like you this week it was kind of slim pickings. Like I felt like little things here and there, nothing one big impact that stood out to me. Um, I was really kind of surprised about the Sonya Manny Rose beatdown. I'm like, I'm still enthralled in the storyline. Like months later, that was a good beatdown, man. Like, I'm still like sucked into this. I'm like, holy shit, this is awesome. Uh, the Gargano strong match on NXT. I thought that was no surprise there. A good match. I guess those two guys can go. Um, what do you think of Wrestle House on to Impact? This is one of the things I've been really... pushing. I'm pushing Impact. And then, like, as an alternative, like, uh, that's one thing with AEW. It's not an alternative. It's just another wrestling show. It's just like WWE before the PG era. But now you have this Impact thing that's doing this reality Wrestle House show. I'm like, oh, this is going to turn some people off. But not in the case with you, huh? I really enjoyed it. Actually, like, it was like, actually in consideration for my t- takedown of the week. Uh, wrestle House, it was, just, it was just so wacky and zany. Yeah, different. But like not too much so, like enough so in like the wrestling world where it's like it was entertaining. Tommy Dreamer, the perfectest host. I love all the like the, oh, the innuendos, totally. those inside jokes they kept saying. 
the inside jokes were amazing. They're, they're, they hit. It yeah. was great timing. Like, Tommy Dreamer has great comedic timing. Yeah. Oh, they were talking about something. Everyone's in the house, and someone said, no way, Jose. And he just popped in. We, we, <laughs> didn't, we didn't sign him. We didn't, we didn't. <laughs> That's fucking gold. It's something about Stone Cold or something like that. It was, it was great. I was, I was like, oh I God. thought it was going to be cheesy last week when they first introduced it. I'm like, oh, no. This is going to turn people off. They're going to throw egg in my face. But I'm like, wow, this is interesting. This is actually stupid, zany, fun. I haven't seen like stupid stuff like this in a while. Fantastic. And I feel like they chose like the right people to be in it. Yeah, when the first happened and uh, Rosemary made people appear in the house, I'm like, oh, that's a good crew. And then she kept adding more people to it and more people to it. I'm like, this is a little, a little much, but it worked. It all worked. blends well together. It's, it's, everyone's playing well off each other. It's fantastic. I'm curious. And I, feel, I, and I, I feel like this is a smart move by Impact. Because like they signed so many people in a short period of time that naturally it's going to bring new eyes to their product. Yeah, that's what I was like worried. It's going to turn people off. No, I here's what I'm thinking here. It's a great way to show who these characters are. Mm, okay. Like I, I, right right away, I, I didn't necessarily know a lot of these people actually in there, but now like I'm getting an inside look to like who these characters are really. Which is what happens in right. reality shows, no? Which what exactly which what happens in a reality TV show? Thank you. And I feel like it's a smart move. Yes, it's quirky. It's fun. It's 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 meant to do. It's meant to be that way. But I think at the same time too, what they're really trying to do is, hey, here's an introduction to these characters. Yeah, very interesting. Very interesting. I'm, I'm curious that so far, great. I'm just hoping it keeps going. Like they don't drop the ball. Like, what's the point of this? Like, what's the point of Russell House? Do people get eliminated? Do people win something? I don't know. I gotta find out next week. It's great. <laughs> Well, I, I think from a business standpoint, I think I think maybe that's the point of it. Creative wise, we'll see what happens. Like, I'm definitely intrigued. I'll, I'll stay tuned next week to see more of Russell House. And another note: huge, huge props to Impact Wrestling for what they did on Thursday morning. Do you know what I'm talking about, Marcus? No, they do Thursday morning. Did you watch AEW Dynamite? Um, what were you talking to? Yeah. What was one of the standouts for you? Did it happen to be that MJF promo? Uh, yeah, so MJF, that promo was, I was considering that also as my takedown moment of the week. I thought that was a fire promo. I'm like, am I going to pick an AEW moment for my TV takedown this week? What the hell? Wait, so you like that promo too? I thought it was good. Yeah, right. It was awesome. Something different. It was interesting. Until it, it, I'm at work Thursday morning perusing the social medias, Marcus, Impact Wrestling, posted the same exact promo from EC3 five years ago. Almost verbatim. No way. Stop it. Same exact thing. Same exact concept. I'm like, what the? I thought it was a joke. But then there was a sign, EC3 2015. The balloons are the same. The podium was the same. Had the same, like, I'm running to be your champion. You guys deserve better, blah, blah, blah. It was basically the same thing verbatim. Like, he wasn't, like, the way... He was knocking John Moxley. He was kind of knocking uh, Kurt Angle. Oh my God! No yeah. way. Check it out at Mojo Party or Impact Wrestling on social medias. Yeah, I mean I would have to play for you, but it's like five minutes long. But so okay, so MJF did he steal it or did AEW steal it? That's what I'm wondering. But like, this is a professional wrestling. People steal from borrow or steal from stuff. But almost Are you verbatim. Ver- almost practically verbatim. Like it was the same exact promo. Like dropping like Stone Cold references and all that, or I think he mentioned not Stone Cold, but like he mentioned the WWE basically. Prof Impact for catching that and like, oh, we did this first. Let's put it out there to say, hey, if you like that, you're gonna like this. 
especially with EC3 back wow. out of the company. I'm like, wow, this is this is amazing. Shots fired. Yeah. Good for Impact. Great for Impact. I was like, wow, this is, like you said, shots fired. I couldn't think of the phrase, but that was the phrase I was looking for. Fantastic. Good job for Impact standing their ground like, yeah, we did this first. Yeah. Oh, and like, it's not like it was like a copy. It was almost an exact replica. Wow. I, I, I have no words for that because like, you know, I, 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 I saw this promo. I was like, my God, this MJF is just so freaking good, man. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's a natural talker, natural heel. Like it was a very well done promo. Got don't, me behind him. Don't want to play it for you now? If you can, you just you should really follow me on social media. I do a good job sometimes. I do follow you on social media. I didn't see it though. I stand here before you not as a man, but as an ideal. Because today is a day that will live in infamy. You suck, chance. you will see him as something more a unifier with golden aspirations watch watch as i unite the divided those that cheer and those that jeer those that chant you can't wrestle and those that chant yes he can Oh, fucking ass. And there's an ad. <laughs> Man, I gotta say, WWE dropped the ball in EC3. I say you have a very important announcement to make. As I am officially declaring myself the next TNA World Heavyweight Champion. Sound familiar? It absolutely does. EC3 2015. This is the year and this is the campaign. Historians have stated it is the title that makes the man, but I assure you that is not true. The man will soon make the title. Holy shit. My qualifications, you ask? Since my debut in October of 2013, I have been unpinned and unsubmitted. That is 20 months of perfection, 20 months on absolute. I have been baptized by blood, fighting off enemies in their own land, and I have defeated every TNA Hall of Famer that there is. Sting, Bully Ray, and the incumbent champion himself, Kurt Angle. There is no candidate better suited than I to hold this title, to take this company in the future for the next four, uh, hell, for the next eight years. Oh, my God. <laughs> MJF is... If you feel my credentials yeah. are not enough, let's take a look at the statistics. Because EC3 2015 is a grassroots campaign, and we're going to start right here in Florida, baby. We're start with Florida. Watch as I become champion. Projected numbers are going to take place because unemployment will go down 79% while unmotivated children and lazy millennials will go down a whopping 67. I love this speech too. These United States will become Carter country. No longer red, no longer blue, golden, united as one. One star to represent 50. The hardcore American icon leading the charge. 
I'm like, I'm at a loss for words. As world champion, I will take this title worldwide. I will take this title, shoot it into space with myself, leading the charge. I will defend it in orbit. I will defend it on the moon. I will defend it on Mars. Martians, take notice. I'm coming for you. I'd like to conclude saying one thing. I am EC3, your next world heavyweight champion. God bless TNA Wrestling. And God bless EC3. Wow, so... Rebuttal, Mark? You want to say something now? No, I mean, you're right. I mean... I mean, there's slight, there's I mean, like there were slight differences, but very almost. slight. But so, like, all right, yeah, wrestling they they still stuff from each other all the time. Uh, not like that, blatantly obvious. Not though. like that, like blatantly obvious with like a promo. I, I that, that's almost like when Ric Flair goes tear. I have a tear in my eye, and WCW having a guy do something similar like, with a tear in my eye. It's like what we just saw this <laughs> crazy shit, right? And probably profit impact for calling them out on it. And uh, well done. Yeah, I mean. Like you, you just know, said, I, oh, I, now I, there's new eyes on Impact. And like, oh, wow, this, I saw this is great. Like, they just did this five years ago. Great. Impact is definitely fighting their ground. And I, and I respect it. And I think it's great because, you know, I, I, Impact, they have a great product. Uh, Eric Jaden, he wrote about it in his article in uh, the Rockway Times They're about right. Impact this past week. Great article. And, and I, I agree with every word he said about it. You know, Impact, they're, they're stepping up to their own, they have, they're doing a great job. And they're they're showing them, that, hey, your only options aren't just WWE and AEW. We're here too, and we're here to stay. Please check out Impact Wrestling whenever you can. Tuesday nights, AXS TV. AXS TV. So, Putty, I have a question for you. Oh, here we go. I feel like we're not really clear. What is your takedown of the week? Your one takedown. Guess it was going to be the Gargano Strong match. I thought it was like, like one of the best matches of the week. Gargano Strong. The best match of the week, hands down. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, what else came I don't know. close? Like, I, that, that match, it was okay. It wasn't great, but it was the best match of the week. I feel like match-wise, I, I liked like Oscar the uh, um, Oscar Sasha Banks match better. Personally, I like that match too. I don't care about the endings ruining the match, but that match, the ending, kind of like ugh. No, you know, I like the ending a lot. It kept the story alive, in my opinion. Mm, that is, it, it carries that storyline over to SummerSlam. Mm. Asuka was so close. She's going to leave. She's going to give up her title to defend her friend. Absolutely. It's believable. Mm. As her tag team partner is a good friend of hers, she sees Carrie Zane getting her ass beaten backstage. And so she goes to, uh, goes to defend her friend. And Sasha Banks wins, quote unquote, because she was laying there in the ring, but happy she, she won. won. I'm, happy that, I'm happy that foursome is, uh, those two have the four belts. It's interesting. And dude, we're going to get another classic Asuka versus Sasha Banks match at SummerSlam. A real one. Hopefully. Deserve, yeah, hopefully. It's just, these two are, they're, they're magical in the ring. Like, even in Extreme Rules, and we, you know, we bash the ending for, for the Kingdom Come. The match itself was fantastic, though. Yeah, I, I, I didn't mind the ending at Extreme Rules for some reason, but this one I just like took me out of it for some weird reason. Was I, so, in my opinion, I, I thought the, ma- the actual match, if we're talking about an actual match of the week, Hell, I would even say Eddie Edwards and, and Trey Miguel was better. Mm, yeah, that was a good one. I guess I, I thank you, Trey Miguel. Trey Miguel. Uh, Miguel. Miguel, sorry. I got Trey Miguel, and he's just impressed me, man, so much. Out of nowhere. That he's guy, out of nowhere. 
He's like one of those oh, pothead God. rascals. There's a stupid and have fun and joke around. He's coming ridiculously out of- good. Yeah. He, if impact is, if they don't make him a champion in the future, then they're dropping the ball. And Damien Xavier, part of the rascals as well, was a standout. Was very very impressive in Lucha Underground. Yeah. So the other two guys I didn't really know too much of. So when Damien Xavier was there, I thought he would be the one to pretty much stand out. No, it's uh, Trey Miguel came out of nowhere. I'm like, good for him. Yeah, he's definitely he's someone that I have my eye on. Uh, he's a rising star. He he's got all he's got all the tools to be the guy. You know he he's got a great look and like he's he's very athletic, but he's it's not like you know he's not like the young bucks where he's doing these unnecessary moves to unnecessary times. Mm-hmm. You know the, the guy he could sell. Yeah, and then he also he picks his spot. It's like kind of like H.J. Styles or Shawn Michaels like. He'll show his athleticism at the right time and with purpose. It's funny because uh, Madison Rain said people were comparing him to, to be the next AJ Styles here in Impact. See, there you go. Yeah, so interesting. So yeah, that was a good one. I totally forgot about that. That was a good match too. And for a championship, what a way to start off Impact. Exactly. For the championship as well. So I do have some uh, bad news for you, Mark. Uh-oh, what's up? A couple of my TV shows are coming back next week. And of course, they're both on Wednesdays. So I can't record both NXT and AEW now. So I'm going to give up one up. Oh, cool. Give up NXT. Yeah, please. Come on. It's far better show. So AEW might have to watch on that app, the TNT app. They say it's available. I don't have to read what happens or watch uh, clips on YouTube like you do. Just uh, so. Wow, you're calling me out, huh? Yeah. That's why I'm not telling you what shows I'm watching because you called me out when we had Tiffany on the show. Like I told you what shows I'm watching. I don't mind it. And then like... First chance you got to throw me under the bus, you threw me under the bus. Try to embarrass me and humiliate me, and basically emasculate me. And so I'm not going oh, I'm, I'm to give you the chance to do that again by telling you what shows I'm watching. Stop. But emasculate you. Yeah. Do you know why I just watch AEW? Watches the Masked Singer. Yeah, uh, it's a fucking great show. One of the shows, one of the number one shows on TV. So yeah. Dick, blow up in your face. I'm not giving you a chance to do that twice. So uh, screw you guys. Let's go to the three count. It's time for the three count. And if you noticed, MJF was talking the same cadence as EC3 as well. Oh my god, dude! Yes, I was thinking the same thing. Thought I mentioned that. Like, it, 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 can we just say? I mean, EC3, man. Like, well, WWE, what were you? What were you thinking? Like, you, you just lost a gem right there. You just time. You, 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 Foley said it himself. Yeah, got the ball here. They had diamond in the rough, and, and they did nothing with it. He had everything you like. The build, the look, the charisma. He has everything you like in a guy, Vince, and you did nothing with him. Apparently I feel Vince, like Vince forgot he was even employed by the WWE. Stop I, I just read the headline. I didn't read the article. I just read that headline. Vince wasn't aware EC3 was on the roster. I feel like EC3 is Jamal Adams. WWE is the Jets. And now Impact is the Seattle Seahawks. That's what, that's what I feel like right now. Yeah, I was going to mention that, but yeah, fuck you, man. That sucks. There's, Jet, <laughs> there's like Conan O'Brien's making Jet jokes. Seth Myers is making Jet jokes. Uh, Jimmy Fallon's making Jet jokes. I'm like, they weren't the worst team last year, but they're just the butt of the jokes because they're the fucking Jets. Right, right. It stems from the top. I'm not even talking about Adam Gase. I'm talking about Woody Johnson. Adam Gase. What a fucking bust yeah. that guy is. Don't get me started on him. Yeah, you know, you know just as much as I do. I do, man. That's why we got fucking rid of him. You have our leftovers. And, and you lost a lot of players in the meantime, too, during his reign. Yep. You get our leftovers, you guys got to do nothing. We get your leftovers, we win championships. Okay? What leftovers do you have? Chad Pennington. 
led us to the AFC East Championship in 2008. Chad Pennington. Number 10 in my playbooks, number one in my hots. Yeah, nothing. Go fuck yourself. Silence, man. huh? Silence, huh? Sweet. Anyway, we're in the three count. We're, 20, we're two minutes into the three count. Let's start. Maybe we should start that. We got a new championship this week. Sasha Banks becomes uh, the, the new Raw Women's Champion, right? Like a legit boss that she is. They have all the championships. Bailey and Sasha Banks are like the Thanos of WWE. They have all the gold. So let's stick in that theme and let's go with uh, our favorite championship title changes. Am I wording that right? Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I okay. guess that sounds about right. Mark, number three. All right. So now we're talking, just to be clear here, we're talking about all titles, not necessarily just a world championship, no, ch- right? Ch- title changes, yeah. Any title change. Okay. All right. So like my, my list definitely changes here. Uh, so, okay. Hmm. All right. No, I'm going to go with this. All right. This is my number three. I gave you an extra two minutes to think about it, talking about EC3. I gave you an extra two minutes. Let's try to stall as much as possible. Yeah. Well, thank you. Welcome. Didn't work. So my number three, I'm going to go with – this is my personal favorite. I, I, I love this superstar. I'm a big fan of him. And it was actually uh, – it was a, one of the best storylines probably in wrestling that I've seen personally. I'm going to go with Money in the Bank when CM Punk in his hometown beat John Cena for to become the WWE world champion. It's a good one. It's going to be higher on your list. Yeah. I mean, personally – I was I was just a huge CM Punk fan uh, from that storyline. It, it was original. I had no idea going into this what was going to happen. It, it stemmed from like a real thing, and uh, and just a crowd reaction again in Chicago and CM Punk. You know the, the iconic shot of him blowing a kiss to Vince McMahon. I, I mean that's a title change you're never going to forget. Nope. Good pick. A lot of people pick that as one of the most memorable historic title changes of all time. Yeah, just because like, again, the storyline itself—it was real. I mean, that was a real thing. His contract was up. Yeah, and again, I feel like I have to re- reiterate this every week. This is our—we're not picking the most historic, important title changes. We're picking our personal favorites. Yeah, yeah, these are personal favorites here. And we're not going to pick uh, um, Ivan something. I forgot his last name. Offhand, drawing a blank. Who beat uh, Bruno San Martino? Because we didn't see that. We're picking ones that we actually witnessed. We're a part of. Right. Had, uh, or Hulk Hogan beating Sheik. Yeah, I don't remember that. All right, so um, good pick. Good good way to start. I thought yeah, they were going to be high on your list, but okay. I'm looking forward to what your two and one are going to be. Hmm, interesting. You thought, so you knew this was going to be on my list, but you thought it was going to be like my one. Two or one, yeah. I'm not going to be number three. Hmm, okay. My number two is number two for a reason, because I have a tie for number one. I have, a okay. le- I have a legit tie for number one, so my number three is my number two. Interesting. I know it's going to be higher on your list. I think it might be your number one. Uh, WrestleMania 12, when the boyhood dream came true, these two men wrestled for 60 minutes, and as a 13-year-old boy, I wasn't bored because there was no pinfalls. It was 0-0. There was no action. I mean, there was a lot of action, but no pinfalls. As a 13-year-old kid, I wasn't bored. I was still glued to this television, to this match for 60 fucking minutes, and then they fucking got overtime, and boom, out of nowhere, the super kick, Shawn Michaels falls down, and like like I just said, the boyhood dream came true. One of those most memorable, not only personally, but iconic title changes of all time. Number two, Shawn Michaels. That's uh, a fantastic pick there, buddy. Like, is, that, is, that, is that your number two? No, it's not my number two. Oh, so it's number but one. I'm just saying. Okay, it's, so it's, it's your number one. Okay, pick. okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so my number, number two, two okay. my number two, I, I'm going to go with this uh, for personal reasons, of course. It, it's actually Intercontinental title, and it's uh, 1992 SummerSlam. First match that I've ever seen in my life. 
that got me the uh, the wrestling fan I am today. Bret Hart versus British Bulldog when Bulldog beat him in his hometown in England and from a sold out crowd in Wimbledon. Uh, what a fantastic match! Yeah, a still as a as a great match. The storyline: brother versus brother in law. You have uh, you have the sister, the such wife out in the crowd. And like you know, I didn't know Jack, man, but like you know, the, the, the announcers they sold it so well. The action, the ring, yeah, definitely you, did. You just seen the emotion in the crowd and everything. The pop at the end, and like another hometown crowd, right? Another hometown crowd, yeah. yeah. And, and like, I, and I didn't notice at the time, like you know, how big of a deal it was. But you know, for the Intercontinental Title to change hands, and that was the main event. Yeah, you know, especially at that time, that, that was a big deal. You know, usually it, it's the world title at main events, but in that case, that wasn't that wasn't the one. Yeah, for so many reasons, that is my number two. It just uh, it, it always gives me like goosebumps thinking about that moment. You always talk highly of that match, one of your favorite matches of all time itself. So, not surprised you picked that. Good pick. Thank you. Uh, my number one A. I know Greenman's listening. A. To, yeah, I know Greenman's listening to the show. I think if anybody can pick my top two picks, it's going to be him. If I could do it, so wouldn't it be B? Like your one B and your one A would be your one. Hmm. I did it in chronological order, so I guess so. Yeah. Okay. I'll do a one B then. It makes you feel better about yourself. <laughs> like if anybody knows me personally, like Mark, you, sh- you should guess these. I talk about them all the time. Number one B now. The Miz cashing in on Randy Orton, one of the most memorable championship changes I've ever experienced in my life, just for the fact there was so much on the line for it personally. Me literally jumping up and down, running around my parents' house. I was home alone at the time. It was just, I couldn't believe this sh- drunken prediction I made months ago came to fruition when Miz, Miz was a nobody back then. And here he is, what, six months later, world champion? Fan-fucking-tastic. Great fucking job. And every time I talk about this match, I look back on it, and I always learn something new. It's one of those kind of matches. It was just the third time a briefcase had been used on the WWE Championship, and the first time it did not occur in the year 2006. Oh. Huh. Interesting. And after after beating Randy Orton, the Miz became the fortieth different man to hold the WWE Championship. Wow, right? That's very interesting. All right, dropping stat bombs. So there was way. so between the Miz and Jinder Mahal, there was ten different guys because Jinder was number fifty, and the Miz number forty. It's a future trivia question for you coming up in games with Michael J. Putty. So uh, make sure I, you I gotta make say, man, I, I, I Miz Miz has come a long way since then. Absolutely. Like I, I just don't understand why Miz never got another title push after that. Like especially after his talking smack moment with Daniel Bryan, like, iconic, iconic man. That was, it was one of his best promos he's ever done. And he was just on another level since then, and his in ring work has gotten tremendously better. Going back to what Carson was talking about last week with Dolph Ziggler, do you think? I mean, obviously, everybody wants to be world champion, but do you think Miz has found his lane and wants to be? Just an IC champion? Because he, oh, he always enjoyed bringing prominence to that title, which he's done numerous times. Something no, he, he, he definitely does. I mean, no matter he's what one, role I think he's one away from tying Chris Jericho, too. I yeah. think he is. And the thing is with him is, I, you put him in any role, and he always knocks it out of the park. Always. Team player, definition. He's Tag good. team, intercontinental, world champion. U.S. He's, champion, he's yeah, great. U.S. champion, he's a fantastic ambassador Huge for team. that company. I and you know the dude, dude, he looks great. Yeah. Looks like he's never aged. Yeah. And, 
And he protects himself so well in the ring. I, I don't think he's gotten injured once, except for like that tooth that flew out from AJ <laughs> Styles. But that was that was really yeah, I don't it. Think so yeah, that's what yeah, that's what happens got... when you play it safe, not flipping and jumping off these things for unnecessary reasons. Right. So Mace doesn't. He doesn't get enough love. I mean, he he does on this show. He does. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily know, man. I I think he deserves another push. I think he does. I think you know when Brock Lesnar became the youngest world champion, then he left to do football. What a couple months later that. All of a sudden, Randy Orton is now the youngest world champion of all time because they want right. to kind of erase him from the memory books at, at that time. I feel like they definitely got to have the Miz not only br- uh, tie but break Chris Jericho's record because Chris Jericho is no longer part of the company. He's he's the enemy now, so you want to have that record with a company yeah. guy and the Miz. Is, and I, it's I don't see Jericho. Guy. I don't see Jericho ever coming back to WWE. No, me neither. Do I. He said he he wouldn't want to. Right? Like, can you blame him? Like you watch him on there, you could tell he's having the time of his life. So. Please, I, I mean, I don't see him doing it anytime soon because of his storyline he's in right now and who has the IC championship. But I, I hope Miz has two more reigns in him so he can break the, the record. No, absolutely. That'd be great. I, and I really want to see at least just one world title run. Oh, me too. That'd be time. great. Uh, that would be I think amazing. He deserves it. Oh, totally. Uh, number one. Yeah, we got off topic there. Shit. <laughs> yeah. We're just still doing the three count, right? We're, still, we're doing three we're count see- or EC3. What are we talking about right now? I'm, I'm a little confused. We're doing the three count. Oh, okay. Thanks. So, my number one, I hate you, buddy. Should I do the drum I roll? Should I do a drum roll? I hate you with a passion. Is it Charlotte Flair? Why, why would you hit me with a drum roll when you're your announcer pretty much is your two, which is your three? I don't know what, I don't know what you're doing there with that. But, all right, my number one is Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart, uh, the Iron Man match. It was a classic for everything that you just said. It was perfect. Um, and can we just talk about the emotion there with that? Yeah, of course. You know, I mean, I was a big Shawn Michaels fan. You know, he, you know, he 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 brought he brought he brought you in. You know, with the whole concussion angle mm-hmm. of what happened with uh, months before when he lost his smile. When he lost his smile. No, not that, that was even before that. Um, the concussion, like you know, when he was jumped at a club. That's when he lost his smile. Competed? No, he lost his smile because of his knee. No, yeah, I just, yeah. Oh, I thought it was when he got jumped when he had to give up the title. No, so. He, he he got he was jumped and then he uh, then he fought Owen Hart on a Monday Night Raw closed off the show because he collapsed. It oh, never forget brutal. that. Never forget that. And then he was off TV for for God knows when. It came back as a big surprise in Royal Rumble, won it, and had this classic Iron Man match that I probably one of the best matches that we've seen of all time. Definitely the best Iron Man match I've ever seen. If you want to see two guys go at it for an hour. Uh, these are the two guys to do it. Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, in their prime. Again, an hour with no pinfalls. With no pinfalls. Nothing. And it's not like it was 2-2, two, 3-3, two, three, three, a tie. No, it was 0 fucking 0. And very well paced, I have to add. Yeah. Of course, yeah, they had to. They, yeah. they, they had to. They, they paced so well. But like, can we just talk about the emotion at the end of that? So as a fan, I, I just brought you through that journey, going down memory lane here with Shawn Michaels, the story of him. And you know the boyhood dream comes true. The commentary was great for that moment, and you just see the emotion when he when he beat Shawn Michaels a three count. Ha- oh, he beats Bret Hart. Excuse me, the three count happens. And he just rolls over, tears in his eyes, legit tears in his eyes, holding that championship. I just like bowing down with it. I mean, Jesus Christ, man, you have to have like no heart to not love that championship win. And also going back to uh, I think we talked about our favorite entrances, him coming down the fucking zip line. Yeah, great match. 